Good morning. Good morning. It's almost 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. But if you're listening on the radio, on shortwave radio, it could be 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, indeed, if you're listening on the radio, you could be listening to 5950 kilohertz out of WRMI Miami. Miami Okeechobee from the great Everglades, from the great swamp, so many beasts shall arise. It is July the 4th, Independence Day, for the United States of America. But in reality, it was Independence Day for the colonies from illegitimate rule. Today, the United States, a corporation with the Admiralty Gold, along the edges of every courtroom. Today is July the 4th, 2021. In the age of Bo Blimdock, do you feel free Do you feel free to attack all your problems? Do you feel free? Do you feel freedom as the insects crawl over your body at night? Do you feel freedom as you go through the drive-thru at McDonald's? Do you feel free? Do you feel freedom as you double check that you're wearing two masks in the blazing sun? Do you feel free now that you've had your second vaccine and your third stroke and now your family is broke and now your uncle does coke? Do you feel free? Do you feel freedom when you think about all that? Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Start running and let your feet and your attitude catch up. Recently, I've left Seattle. Well, not really recently. It was back in March. When I was living in Seattle, I expected to be dead in about two months.
Yes, when I was living in Seattle, I looked into the future with my crystal ball of whiskey, and I saw a bleak, dark hopelessness of nothing. I saw people acting like slaves. I saw so-called public servants acting like masters. I saw a government that you pay taxes to. I don't any longer, but I guess we all do through printed money. Yes, I saw a government that we all pay taxes to through printed money. Basically gaslight millions of people. The mayor of Seattle gaslit the people of Seattle. The mayor of Seattle funded, supported, completely helped manage the Chop Chaz BS. And on the day they had to do cleanup, they made sure nobody could take pictures. They didn't want people to see the dead bodies that they would have to clean up. Hey, Jenny, how's it going in Seattle? How's it going in Seattle, Jenny? How's it going? How's it going, Jenny? Yeah, my last few months in Seattle before I left in March... I didn't expect to survive. I, I'm not trying to feel sorry for myself. This is a practical matter. I did not see a world in that commie hellhole filled with house-flipping satanic grumbo freaks. I saw no future with these, with these crazy, terrible people, these Death Star hookers and whores. No future. All I saw was death. That's it. And so when my friend, Justin, who helps me with the radio program, by the way, when my friend Justin drove up there, I'd never met him before, never seen him before. The only thing I was certain of is that there was a 50% chance he was crazy. Because why would you do that? Why would you drive up to Seattle on your day off, on your weekend, to go pick up some middle-aged stranger because you like the podcast? I mean, I guess... I guess that's a reason for doing something, but it's a risky reason. And now that I'm in Utah, I've been working on a project. A project I'm working on I don't want to talk about. I'm technically behind on my schedule and neither proud nor ashamed. I sort of expected it to take me a bit to get up to speed. But I am pushing through. So once again, I'm going to read this quote from Dr. Freckles. Start running. Start running. Start running. Start running. And let your feet and your attitude catch up. Start running. Start running. And let your crappy attitude melt away. Start running. I'm telling you this at a time in human history when there are so many reasons that people can come up with, mostly provided to you through your tax dollars because we are being exposed to one form of propaganda, one form of psychological manipulation after another. The government is funding programs to give you lots of reasons to stay home and die. And on July the 4th, 2021, my advice to all my friends, whether you're listening to me as an MP3 or you're listening at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WRMI, go out and live. 
Go out and live whatever life you can while you have it. There were never any guarantees. We were always going to end up in the same place every time, every epoch, every period of human history. Every life ends. Some people get 10 years. I knew a girl in grade school who died of a real thing, not the magical monkey herpes, COVID. No, this girl in grade school died of meningitis. She was 10 years old. She was 10. 10 years old. 10 years old. Some people get to live to be 10 years old. My sister Nancy died of cancer when she was 43. She got to be 43 years old. I'm 51. I feel like at this point I get a B minus. That's a solid B minus. The government, the people you fund and believe in are giving you reasons every single day to stay home and die. To stay home and die, to get depressed, to do drugs, to eat the wrong food, to just give up. Give up because you ruined the planet. They didn't do it. I mean, of course, they had the keys to the car for thousands of years. They've had the keys to the car for thousands of years. And who do they blame? Anarchists. Hackers. Random bugbears. They've had the keys to the car since the beginning of time, and they blame the people that seek freedom. What did Dr. Freckles say? Start running and let your feet and your attitude catch up. You can listen to the CIA PSYOP and you can stay home and die. You can participate in MK Ultra experiments. You can participate in trauma-based mind control at a population scale. Or you can live and be free for whatever time you have. I don't know. Maybe there is a monkey herpes COVID virus, but why are you afraid of it? There have always been viruses. There have always been bacteria. There have always been illnesses. Why suddenly are you holding on to your pearls so tightly? Why are we? You, me, the whole human race. What a wretched fate we found ourselves in, given our own attitudes, given our own perspectives and our own choices. But we don't have to stay home and die. Yeah, you probably feel depressed. I have been really depressed. And I'm not and I'm not telling you I'm special because I'm not. And I've had those dark thoughts of walking up into the hillsides and just disappearing. But I keep a list, a list of things that make me happy. And as long as the list is never zero, it means things are kind of okay. Start running. And let your feet and your attitude catch up. Next topic. So I've spoken about Sovietology, and before I continue on this topic, let's discuss what Sovietology is, because different people define it in different ways. Keep in mind, Sovietology applies to the Soviet Union that more or less existed between 1917 and 1993. A lot of people would say the Soviet Union ended when the Berlin Wall fell, and that's kind of true and not true. Um, I believe just that year, prior to the Berlin Wall falling, the Soviets also exited Afghanistan. Interesting. <sighs> the Soviet Union lasted roughly 1917 
1993. And during that period, there were people who worked for the Central Intelligence Agency, mainly, who specialized in something called Sovietology. Now, what does that mean? It means understanding the Soviet system so, so well, understanding the Soviet system well enough, and frankly, understanding the Russian culture that underpins it, you learn to read Pravda. And Pravda in Russian means truth, which means, yeah, it was ironically named. A lot like a lot of the stuff we read, by the way. They would read Pravda and Izvestia. They would read the Red Army cyclicals. They would read all the reports and all the journals in Russian. But they would learn to read between the lines, to read what's in the margins, as Jacques Derrida might say. I bring up Sovietology because if you're reading the news these days, the New York Times, the Washington Post, I don't care, Investors Business Daily Journal report on Bezos and Amazon, whatever quote-unquote newspaper you read, whether it's electronic or paper, you really should not read it literally. I mean, you probably never should have, but you definitely should not today. You need to be a Sovietologist. You need to learn to read between the lines. First thing about living in a dystopia, everything could be ironically named. Like smart device. I think it's making you dumber. Or uh, Patriot Act. I think that was one of the least freaking patriot laws in terms of believing in freedom. The least patriotic thing that I can imagine was the Patriot Act. War on drugs is really spread drugs. You, you follow so far? The war on terror is a, a perfect example of something that is ironically named. As a Sovietologist, you should assume that almost everything in the Soviet America is ironically named. Nothing is literal. You need to look for the lies, the obvious lies. For example, back in December, the National Weather Service said that it could no longer provide weather data from its web services because there wasn't enough bandwidth on the internet. I brought up this lie before because if you have any experience in programming or with the internet, you know that that's BS. So there's a reason why they were no longer going to provide weather data. But it wasn't because the internet ran out of bandwidth for porno and online 3D video gaming. Are you following me so far? As a Sovietologist, look for the lies. Don't look for the truth because you'll never find it. Not that way. They will never tell you the truth. Even when they're telling you the truth, and this is kind of critical, even when they are telling you the truth, they are lying. This is important. I would, if I were you, and I've done this a little bit myself, you need to start developing a list of memes and stories and narratives that the media produces that contradict each other. Where basically you take the two stories, and I've seen these in the same day, same news cycle, the exact same topic, and the stories completely contradict each other. And in some cases, they come from the same venue, the same online source. It's weird. You need to look for the contradictions. You need to look for the lies that they want you to believe are true, but here's what you can be certain of. The whole set of those lies cannot be true. Which means in terms of logic, if you and all those statements together, it should always equal false. If you dig deep enough on certain topics, you will find what I call CYA, or cover your ass articles. These are articles intended to be placed in the media so one day, if we find out the truth, 
some particular set of bozos that will replace the current commissar could be Stalin, could be Khrushchev, could be Kosygin, could be Brezhnev, could be Gorbachev, could be that Andropov guy that was before Gorbachev, who knows who, but there's always another group in the wings to replace the current group. The tyranny is a Pez dispenser. So look for the cover of your, your butt articles. Look for the cover of your ass articles. These are always buried deep. One of the reasons why I've had a red flag about the clathrate gun or the quote-unquote arctic methane bomb is because when you dig into this topic, you find the useful fools, check, you know, Greta Thunberg, the useful fool. And we all know in propaganda theory, the purpose of the fool. The purpose of the fool in propaganda theory is not to take um, something that's funny and make it funnier. The purpose of the fool is to take something that's maybe real, if you dig deep enough, and make it look ridiculous. Just like Al Gore, just like Greta Thunberg. When you dig deep enough into this topic, you find cover your butt articles. But you have to dig deep. You have to go far. The surface level for the methane bomb is uh, it's not a problem, not an issue. Nothing to see here. Move along. Doesn't mean it's real. But I tell you, my red flags go off when I see those patterns as a Sovietologist. As a Sovietologist, if I see the fool, the fool, the useful fool, the Harlequin, which Greta Thunberg is the useful fool, when I see the fool, when I see cover your butt articles, when I see completely absurd articles on the surface, like what did I see last Christmas? The moon. The moon causes methane release. Folks, I don't know how to put this. The moon's been there a while. Almost since the beginning. So when they say the moon, then it's not. The moon. It's not the moon. It's not. But it's a funny article and it makes people feel better. It's like giving people ridiculous things to focus on, like the make-believe monkey herpes or the race war or all the gender dysphoria. These are divisive topics that immobilize and confuse and cause anger. They have no resolution, either governmental or otherwise. All they do is create angst and furor and people sitting at home stewing in their juices. They are keeping us all so busy. Have you asked why they're keeping you so busy? You ever wonder? Anywho, I'm going to let you guys go deeper into this on your own. Um... I think that there are some interesting topics of late that as a Sovietologist, if you're interested, you should research. One is the shutting down of the air corridor related to HARP. That's the, yeah, that's the high altitude radar system, active auroral system, projects radar beams into the sky. They've had a no-fly zone around it for a few days, maybe a few weeks now. So that's weird, but maybe it's not that weird. That's a good story. American Airlines canceled a lot of flights in July. They said it was because they didn't have the workers. That might be true. That might be BS. There was a weird explosion off the coast of, of Florida a few weeks ago. And the Navy said, the Navy said, the U.S. Navy said... They were testing the hull of their ship with an explosive that could cause a 3.2 magnitude earthquake. That, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm not saying they don't test the hulls of their ships. I just don't think they use explosives to do it. I, I know that that might sound crazy to you, but I don't think they do. So whatever exploded off the coast of uh, Florida... I don't think it was something that the Navy did. Again, all I can tell you is that you can try to look for the lies. Doesn't mean you'll find the truth. Next topic. Oh, government debt. Government debt. A lot of people think government debt is the total amount of dollar debt that the United States government owes somebody. And currently... 
you could say the tip of the iceberg debt is about, I think it's getting close to $30 trillion. Or at least it'll be $30 trillion very soon. And then there's the unfunded liabilities. You know, the Social Security and the Medicare and all the other crap they promise you? Well, that's a responsibility too. And I've heard some estimates that that might be around $300 trillion. And that's just the United States of America. And that is one way of looking at debt. As an engineer, I will tell you that there's another kind of debt, and it's far more insidious, and and it's actually real. Because in some ways, this debt that supposedly we all owe, it's not real. It's, It's actually manufactured. In fact, it's a con. The claims the Federal Reserve and all these banks have on us are a con. They're a grift. They've been grifting since, what, 1914, 1913? It's a grift. It's a con. The Federal Reserve runs the biggest ongoing con in human history. You are being conned. You are being mooked. You are being treated like a fool by your economic system every single day of the week. They would love you to believe the government debt is denominated in dollars, and these are dollars that you will pay off wrong. These dollars will never, ever, ever be paid off. I read once that the derivatives overhang the total counterparty risk in terms of the stuff that's below the surface is somewhere between two and four quadrillion dollars. If the world economy supposedly produces somewhere around, and I've heard it's somewhere around maybe 70 to 80 trillion a year in terms of productivity, but who the heck knows because those numbers could all be crap. At any interest rate above zero, Three or four thousand trillions never gets paid off by the planet, ever. These monies, these dollars never get paid off. That debt is an illusion. But there is a different kind of debt. It's the debt of carpets with bulges. It's the debt of holes with buried bodies. It's Camp Century in Greenland with highly radioactive nuclear waste. It's a fire near St. Louis that has never gone out in 50 years. It's Tons and tons of hydrogen bomb test waste in the Marshall Islands. It's a couple different times they use tactical nukes to frack for, you know, natural gas. It's all the weapon systems and the poisons they dumped on the ground to build the weapon systems. It's all the cancers. It's everything and stuff we don't even know about. You want to know the debt you're going to be paying off if our government ever collapses, and I'm sorry, it's going to happen here pretty soon, and it won't be just ours. It's all the lies and all the falsehoods and all the sweeping problems under rugs. It's that make-believe money that that got converted into the physical manifestation of bad decision-making. Highways we don't need, roads we don't need. In the 80s, I read about something called the flying car. They told me it was a couple years away. That was the 1980s. My dad, after World War II, read in Popular Mechanics that by the time you reached the 1980s, everybody would be in flying cars. You you see the pattern here? You see, I think we could have flying cars. I've spoken with my friend Jim Davidson about this, and 
My friend Jim Davidson runs a project for an intentional freedom-based community in the Ozarks. Um, if you want to learn more about it, you can go to freedomlanddao.com. That's freedomlanddao.com. And you can learn more about it. But Jim and I have talked about it. And, you know, again, we both kind of agree intuitively if not absolutely, that we could have had flying cars by now. And all the highways and all the traffic jams and all these problems, and they are problems, could have been avoided. But that's not what government does. You see, here is the foolishness and the thing that confuses people. Here is why we're in this mess. Government was always a problem creation machine. That is the angle they see things. It is no accident that after the earthquake in Haiti in 2010 that Nancy Pelosi said, and I quote, this is a great opportunity for Haiti. Great opportunity for economic growth. Nancy Pelosi, after the earthquake in Haiti, basically said, this is a great opportunity for them. Folks, she's not alone. And get over the labels, Democrat, Republican. No member of the GOP saw a weapons system they didn't want to buy. No Democrat saw people in a foreign land they didn't want to bomb. They are part of the same grift. Government doesn't solve problems, folks. Government is a problem generation machine. It creates them. And when you ask yourself about all this debt, all this debt we have, you need to get over the whole dollar debt because the dollar's going to crash and with it all that debt. But the real debt, the actual problems our government created, here's the good news. That sticks with you for a long time. You'll still be finding out about it years after the government collapsed. It won't be good things that it produced. It will be like in engineering, what we call code debt or engineering debt. It'll be stuff you have to fix or replace or simply get rid of. It is work you'll have to do to survive or you'll have to run away from it. They will leave time bombs everywhere. Government is a problem generation machine. The state has always been that, always will be. It tells you something different. Did I mention everything is ironic? With the state? Next topic. Yeah, I don't know. So here's a, a quote from Dr. Freckles. If I can't build without poisoning my neighbors, if I can't build without harming my neighbors, if I can't build without giving my neighbors cancer, then I'll build something else once again a quote from dr freckles if I can't build, which means create, without poisoning my neighbors, then I'll build something else. Now, what does that mean? A lot of folks in the freedom community have been fed 
a lot of nonsense. And I, I kind of blame the people who associate certain kinds of technology with freedom. Here's the thing about freedom. Freedom exists whether you have technology or not. And it doesn't matter what technology you use. It doesn't, it has nothing to do with your freedom. If you want to say, well, Dan, don't I have more freedom if I can call somebody? No. It, it, that's not even a related issue. Your freedom to use the phone is a choice, but the phone itself contains no freedom. In fact, most of the phones you buy now are really dog collars, by the way. And they know exactly where you are, and if they cared, don't worry, the cops would show up, assuming they had the resources. A lot of folks in the freedom community have this attitude, not all, but a few, that I could buy a piece of property on a river, a river upstream from a town, I could build myself a factory, and then just dump poison in the river, and poison the town. Now, I don't recognize that as anything I would call ethical anarchism or ethical freedom-based belief. I think that to, to practice this way of life, you do have to practice the non-aggression principle. Otherwise, what you really want is chaos and destruction and ultimately more government. You don't want freedom. You want a slave master. Okay? You want a slave master. It's true. There are industrial processes that are cheaper if you can dump the poison in the water. But is it really cheaper if someone you know dies of cancer? And if your answer is you don't care, then my guess is you're not really an anarchist or someone who believes in freedom. You're a sociopath. And you're simply looking for a belief system to give you an excuse to treat your fellow human being like garbage. What did Dr. Freckles say? If I cannot build without poisoning my neighbor, then I'll build something else. In a free world, we should be able to do and dream everything we can up to one point, and that is actions that deny the life and freedom of others. That is the line you cannot cross. And if you want to say you are unfree because you ought not to kill people and you ought not to poison the rivers, then what the hell is wrong with you? Look around. See a lot of bugs on your windshield this year or last year? And no, I don't blame freedom for this. No, I actually blame tyranny. Tyranny is manure. Tyranny is perfect soil. Tyranny is the birthplace of sociopathy. I'm not saying there aren't genetic sociopaths, but sociopaths thrive in a crooked neo-Stalinist system like ours. When it's not about skill, it's not about quality, it's not even about caring about your neighbor. It's simply about screwing the other person all the way up down the chain. Screw this person, screw that person, throw that person under the bus. That is your civilized society, brothers and sisters. If you believe in voting and good government, that is the system you have. But some of us, you know, which doesn't include the government, because clearly if you're using tactical nukes to frack for natural gas, poisoning your neighbor is not a concern. If you're obliterating the Marshall Islands with experimental hydrogen bombs, poisoning your neighbor is not a concern. If you're dumping Agent Orange over the whole Southeast Asian theater, not just North Vietnam but Cambodia and South Vietnam and even Thailand, if you're dumping toxic waste between 1965 and 1974 all over Southeast Asia where people in Vietnam still have birth defect children today, I guess you don't care about poisoning your neighbor. But that wasn't individual people. That was the government. Next topic... So, and I don't know if I want to spend a lot of time on this one. You know what? I'm going to talk about, I'm going to skip a topic, and we'll talk about social media. I 
wasn't really involved with any social media prior to 2012 uh, when my sister Nancy died of cancer. I had friends at the time, even, I think even my ex-wife, who might have suggested social media as a healthy way to deal with it. I think net, okay, if I had to compare addictions, um, cigarettes, alcohol, social media, I don't even include weed because I think weed has saved my life. If I had to compare cigarettes and alcohol and social media, in many ways, I think social media is the worst of them all. It is. It has been destructive. It has in some ways connected me with, me with people, but it's, it's, a, it's a mediated thing. So even when you're communicating with people you think you understand, you know, Jack at Twitter and Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook and all these other creeps, you know, Susan Wojcicki at YouTube, they're still going to screw with you. They're still going to create algorithms that will create conflict between friends. If government or the state is a problem generation machine, I would say that social media as it's currently constructed is a divisiveness generation machine. Very little positive quality to it. I, I kind of call it suicidal media. In fact, I would say that in the future, if there is a future of people researching things, I think people will look back on social media as a, as a catastrophe, the way it was constructed, because it was never constructed to facilitate community. It was never constructed to help you to organize with people you care about. You do not understand what it's doing if you believe it was built for that. It was built to gaslight you. It was built to convince you that your friends are your enemies and your enemies are your friends. It was, it was designed so it could separate children from their parents and parents from their children. It was designed to tear people apart. It didn't have to be that way, but that's how it ended up. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this topic, but... Um, you know, I, I recently had my YouTube channel banned, and who knows why? I have a friend who says, well, you use the wrong keywords, and it's like, they're words. They are words. If we can no longer use certain words in America, then once I again ask, I have to ask all of you, if there are certain words that are being eliminated from the dictionary, what the heck are you celebrating today? What was your victory? Wasn't over taxes, wasn't for freedom, wasn't for free speech. What are you celebrating? You buy fireworks? Well, that's good. <laughs> Next topic. So this is the last topic for today, I think, maybe. And I sort of discussed it a little bit yesterday, um, but I think it's okay to talk about. There's a concept in systems theory called graceful degradation. And what graceful degradation is, is that for any given system, for any given environment, that system will not simply succeed or fail it'll kind of succeed and kind of fail, which means that it'll have many degrees of failure, many failure states, all of which sort of a slow sort of progression or regression towards something else. But it's not like on or off. It's not catastrophic. Graceful degradation means, for example, let me give you an example. Um, when a person dies of old age, you could call that graceful degradation. But ultimately, the body gave out, but it gave out the way it's supposed to. All the parts were too old. But if a person's hit by a car, um, or they're shot in the head, or they're put on a ventilator at Harborview Medical Center in February or March of 2020 because somebody said they had COVID, so they died two weeks later, that's not graceful degradation. That's catastrophic. Um, there are people who will want to convince you that America will gracefully degrade because we're so, you know, what are we compared to the Romans? We're what? Less centralized? Are you kidding me? We're less centralized. 
Even in Roman times, Roman cities had farms nearby that could produce food. Show me a city in modern America that could feed itself. That's not decentralized. That's not graceful degradation. That's Stalinist. Maybe not as Stalinist as what Stalin did and the Soviets did, where they would have an entire city just produce one product. That's real bad. But it's almost that bad. Show me a city that would be capable of feeding itself, providing its own water, its own electricity if it had to. We live not in a free society, but a highly centralized, planned society that has the pretense of freedom. You know, a Temple Grandin kind of freedom. If you don't know who Temple Grandin is, Temple Grandin is an autistic person that re-engineered how we manage cattle on the way to the abattoir. You know, lots of smooth lines. No angry edges. When you get around the corner, you'll never see the hammer. No, we we have a highly centralized energy system. We have a highly centralized food system. We have a highly centralized way of supplying most of the resources to roughly 80% of every American. 80% of Americans live in an urban or a semi-urban environment. 80% of this country depends upon centralized systems. These kinds of systems don't gracefully degrade. They fail catastrophically. They fail badly. And then it gets worse. It it gets worse. There's a documentary series... um, that was on, I think it was on the BBC back in the 70s. It was called Connections. And a man by the name of James Burke, a kind of historian, right? He produced this series of con- called Connections. And the very first episode dealt with the topic of a blackout and how a trivial component a small component within the complex system could fail in the late 1960s and trigger one of the worst modern blackouts. It was a trivial item, an item that didn't cost a lot, but because it failed, other items that were way more expensive and way more difficult to replace failed catastrophically and had to be replaced. This was the this was the 60s actually and back in the 60s you could argue with total electrification of the country which we weren't there yet with the level of i would say i would say with the, the general level of complexity being as low as it was we could respond to it we could fix it because we had people who knew how to do things without computers what do we do today when the internet crashes What do we do today when you have to fix something in your neighborhood and you don't have a smart device to go to and nobody around you knows how to do anything because your entire generation was convinced that you could be house-flipping bartenders? What are you going to do? James Burt talked about something called the trigger effect. And the trigger effect is neither good nor bad. In some cases, it can be bad. But the trigger effect is the fact or the explanation that a single change in a system can be so significant that it creates cascades of failure. Cascades of failure. A, you know, maybe it's a relay in an electrical grid, freezes up and doesn't fail the way it should. That causes an energy build up someplace else that causes a transformer to explode that leads to a chain reaction blackout that leads to a boiling water reactor not having support power um, 
and they didn't, you know, fix the diesel generators, someone's going to fix them next week. So they got no power for about 24 hours. The control rods melt, and now it gets worse. In the series Connections, James Burke covers this issue, good and bad. Not all trigger effects are bad. Not all trigger effects create catastrophes, but sometimes they do. Not, it's not always the case that it's a failure type situation, but what we're looking at today is the problem of America. And there are people out there, especially in the liberty community, who want to try to convince you that it'll all just slowly fail. But that's crazy. Okay, you could argue that they tried to build a high-performance jet. You could try to argue that they tried to build the society's version of an F-104 Starfighter. And they got to about 112,000 feet, just like Chuck Yeager, and their engines spun out and they lost power. And what you find out at 20 miles up, in an F-104 Starfighter without power is that you are a lawn dart. You got up there so fast and so far. You, you created a central bank and you had all this growth and you spent all this money and you built all these roads and you built all these nuclear weapons. You built these armies. You blew up these countries. You got to 20 miles up and now you're out of fuel and you think you're going to glide down? Is that what you believe happens next? That you get to 20 miles up and you'll just glide on down. No, no, no. This rinky-dink Darwin Award rocket does not glide down. It might get to 20 miles if you can blow out a few quadrillion dollars and basically support a military-industrial complex for almost a whole century. You'll get up to 20 miles, but you're not going to glide down. What happens next is not going to be graceful degradation. You, what happens next is not going to be an empire dying of old age. That's never happened anyways, really. Empires just die. Old age is irrelevant. Any time now, any moment, any day, a series of events could occur that would cause the system to fail. I think it's out of juice. I have joked and called President Joe Biden the mayor of Washington, D.C. They used to joke and call the president of Afghanistan the mayor of Kabul. I mean it in the same context. For all the fear for all the psyops, for all the gaslighting, for all the black-clad commies being paid printed money to march up and down the streets, it all looks like a nothing burger. For all the threat chain emails about people showing up at your door late at night, for all the Alex Jones crap about FEMA camps, it all looks like a big gaslighting operation to convince you that they have power they no longer have. And what's worse, they know that when this system fails, it's going to fail hard. They know that when it starts getting into what's called cascading collapse, it will become so unpredictable that there will be no government because everybody will already have problems they won't need the state to create anymore. We'll be working on the engineering debt at that point. Like I said... There's a kind of debt that you see on your credit card 
There's a kind of debt that you see in your life. There's a kind of debt that you owe in your mortgage. There's a kind of debt buried under your home. There is a debt that shows up on the bottom line, and if it's denominated in fiat dollars, it is a kind of Schrodinger absurdity. And there is a kind of debt that exists in all the dumb things your government did for the last 200 years plus. And some of that debt is obvious, and some of it shows up as dead bodies buried under a building someplace. And then they say, oh, we don't know how that could have happened on the reservation. H how could anybody have treated Native Americans that way? Worry not. We're going to find all kinds of crooked debt once this government collapses. For all of its craziness, for all the machines it will have to shred paper, we will discover the real debt. We will discover the buried bodies in the worst way possible. It will be inconvenient, it will be dangerous, it will be destructive, but at least you'll know your taxpayer dollars paid for it. If the cancer comes, at least you were a patriot and you paid your income taxes so your neighbors could get the cancer. You think your government cares about poisoning the river? Is that a thought that ever enters your head? Do you think your government cares about poisoning the seas? Does that thought ever enter your head? If it does, you're crazy. The real debt we have, we don't even remotely understand yet. But we will. Dead bodies only stay buried for so long. If you're listening on shortwave radio, this has been the Planetary Status Report with your friend Dan on WRMI out of Miami Okeechobee on 5950 kilohertz every Saturday and Sunday night from at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're listening, you can get to the notes for this podcast broadcast by going to dfgtc.org/shownotes and there's also a donation link if you feel so inclined to donate. If you want to have access to all the raw MP3s, just go to dfgtc.org slash mp3. If you want to email me and tell me I'm an SOB, just go to me at imsully.com. Send me an email. Tell me I'm crazy. Tell me I'm mad. Tell me I'm sad. Send me an email. Telling me I'm lazy, I'll grab a knife, I'll visit your home. Have a great one, peoples.